Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. don't know me um, my name is Robin I'm pastor of this church it's my privilege to be here um, ministering the word of God this morning and so um, as we come around the word now I just pray that the word's going to bless you and um, do all that it wants God wants to do through it this morning so this morning I'd like to speak to you about uh, four aspects of prayer there's many many aspects to prayer but there's just four that I really want to look at this morning so if you have your Bibles with you I'm reading from the book of Colossians chapter 4 if not it will be up on the screen in a minute that's great Colossians 4 verse 2 continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And I'd like to read it from the New Living Translation as well. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers And make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for, Lord, the fact that we can even be in church on a Sunday morning, that we can come freely to worship, that we can come freely to sit at your feet and learn from you. We thank you this morning for... Lord, all that you do for us, all you've done for us and all that you're going to do. Father, as I bring this word this morning, I ask that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. Lord God, not my words, but your words. And Father, I promise to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour as I bring this word this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. This morning we're going to talk on prayer. And don't switch off because sometimes when we say we're going to talk on prayer, it's like we've heard it all before. Well, do you know what? I, I don't think we could ever come to the end of what God wants to teach us about praying. And, and I think if we really knew and had an incredible revelation about the power of prayer that we would never be off our knees or off our face um, coming before God with the things that are happening in our lives. So there's four particular aspects that I want to look at this morning in prayer. And um, But first of all, what is prayer? It's talking to God. Prayer is personal. It's also corporate. We can pray corporately as we just did then. We pray in a prayer meeting every Sunday morning out in the function hall. But prayer is walking with God in the intimacy that he wants us to walk in. Because God not only wants... 
to hear from us. He wants to speak to us, so it's a two-way thing. Um, There's an amazing author way back in the day. His name was F.B. Meyer, and he wrote a book called The Secret of Guidance. And he said, the great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. So instead of prayer being something that we do every day or or it would be our first go-to, it's sort of like the break the glass in the case of emergency, you know. When all else fails, we pray. Whereas I really truly believe that God would have us um, speak to him first and foremost at the beginning of our day, right through our day, at the end of every day. And it's that communication that we have with him which draws us into that deep intimacy of relationship with Jesus. It's not a religious thing, it's a relational thing. And there's power in that prayer. So often we associate prayer with crises in our life. When things go wrong, we reach out to God. And, and he's there for that. And he comes through in those times where we really need him. But God wants to walk with us every step of the way, every day that we live, all of our lives. And so this morning, I just want to tap into a couple of things that God has shown me um, over these last three years and um, just share a few things. So So I just believe that prayer is one of those untapped resources and it's an unexplored continent that no matter how far we go in talking to God, there is more. There is more. He wants more of our hearts. He wants more of our lives to be invested in his kingdom thinking and, and his kingdom plan. And as we adhere to God, as we rely on God, we can understand that in speaking to God, he, he's a, well, Jesus said he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, but he is also our God and our King and our Lord. And he cares for us more than we often care for ourselves. He cares about every circumstance in our life. And he's not condemning. He's not that father in heaven with a stick that's wanting to hit us on the head the minute that we do something wrong. You know, he's there to say, here, let me help you. Come to me. Bible says in the book of Matthew, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so some days when we get to the end of our day and we think, wow, this is really hard. I'm really struggling. And Jesus says, Jesus' words in red, come to me, all you who are weary, and I'll give you rest. We can hand our burden over to God and we can exchange our weakness for the strength that he gives us in him. So... um, For us as believers in Christ, prayer is one of the greatest gifts. Beyond salvation, it's the first thing we do when we we give our hearts to Jesus. We say, Lord Jesus, take my life. Take my life. If I can be anything for you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me and use me for your glory. And many of you know my testimony as well and I might share a little bit of it after as well. But... um, and as Paul was writing this, he understood prayer and the power of prayer. And it was part of Paul's life. And he assumed and, and presumed that prayer would be a part of everyday Christian life. And I believe truly you cannot live a victorious Christian life unless you've got a, an active prayer life. You're actually talking to God. It's your love language that we have with God is our prayer language and we can really press into him in prayer in times of need. And at times, sometimes we don't even know how to pray, but God knows. And so, you know, I've prayed prayers at times which have just been one word, 
oh Jesus. <laughs> and you probably can all relate to that. Sometimes we just get to the end of ourselves and it's just the word. You call upon the name of Jesus and he's with us and he's with us in power and he's with us to comfort us and strengthen us and direct us. But the first aspect of this that I want to look at today is the persistence that we need to pray. We need to pray with persistence. Paul says, continue earnestly in prayer. And in the original language of Greek, it says, continue steadfastly in prayer. And the word translated as one word is continue steadfastly and don't give up. It's translated as persist in, adhere firmly to or remain devoted to or to give unremitting care to. Being steadfast in prayer. That's not just the occasional flung word as you get out of bed or when you're about to go through an intersection and you want the light to stay green. It's like, Lord, let me get through here. Uh, and we can do that too. But it's steadfast in prayer and it's, it's keeping our eyes on Jesus no matter what's happening in our life. The ten times that this word is used um, in, the old, in the New Testament, it carries that idea of dedication and a dedication is a commitment to something far beyond just a casual relationship. And, um, and all of those times it's used as being devoted to prayer. So it's a dedication that um, God wants us to have in praying to him as well. It's a powerful word and it's also given as a command that we, we need to pray. It's not just a suggestion. It's just not the idea for the day or the thought for the day. It's pray. Because God is there for you. God wants to help you. God wants to seek you to seek his face. And God wants to download from heaven the things that you're going to need for the day that's ahead of you. Two of the most incredible parables I find in the New Testament are both in Luke. And um, they're instructive in that Jesus said that um, as he taught on prayer, one in Luke 11 and the other in Luke 18, and both have got to do with being persistent and not giving up in prayer. So Luke 11, 5 to 11, a friend comes at midnight and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on this journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. And then Luke 18, the parable of the persistent widow. I love that. Because sometimes, you know, the, the word persistent is, you know, you're persevering and you're persistent and, and it has a negative connotation. And yet in these two parables, we see that it's such a positive thing that persist, keep going, keep at it, keep plugging away at it. So then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart, saying there was a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard men. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. 
and he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And there's a huge difference between uh, a persistent prayer and an eloquent prayer. A persistent prayer can be just, Lord, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, you know. An eloquent prayer can be full of beautiful words and beautiful poetry, and yet no one of them is more powerful than the other one or less powerful than the other one. It comes from a heart that is surrendered to God and a heart that's reaching out to God. Sometimes we don't know how to pray, you know, and the spirit within will give us utterance to, say, to show us how to do that. But it's not in the length of the prayer. Persistence is not just in the length of the prayer. It's in the constancy of our prayer. When we are praying, when we are seeking after a breakthrough in our lives, whether it be a health issue or a finance issue or a relational issue or whatever, fill in the blanks for your situation. We've all got things that we're going through. Some of us go through rejection. Some of us are misunderstood. Some of us um, are feeling really inadequate. And yet God says, I have chosen you. I've called you by my name. You are mine. When you walk through the water, you will, the water will not cover you. When you walk through the fire, it will not burn you. You are God's. He holds you in the palm of his hand and no weapon formed against you will prosper. But when you walk in him, when you stand in him, when you trust in him, when you communicate with him and tell him, he knows the desires of your heart. He knows the thoughts that you have. And he, even though at times we don't tell him, he knows, but he wants us to communicate with him. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to bring him into the very centre of our being so that our world is based in Christ. Our world is not just a Sunday Jesus. It's not just a, um, a habit that we get into. It's not about religion. It's not being a Pharisee or a Sadducee that you come in and say a prayer on a Sunday and go out and live the way you want to the rest of the week. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's far more than that. It's praying and asking God to help us to do the things that he wants us to do. He wants to do in us and he wants to do through us because there is a world out there that is in need of a saviour and his name is Jesus. And so as we pray and seek his face, he's going to show us the things that we need to do. You know, you think that persistence as well, you know, when you've got little kids and they say, mummy, can I? Mummy, can I? Daddy, can I? When can I? Will you? Will you? You know, um, and like Trevor said, like Naomi said last week, the parents don't get angry and shut them down. They say, yes, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And so as we persist in prayer and wait upon the Lord and we persevere with the thing that is on our hearts, um, we go by faith, not by feelings, because some of us have been praying for things for years. Some of us have been praying for family members for years and situations for years and we're still not seeing the breakthrough. But you know we don't go by what we see. Faith is not what we see. Faith is the, the, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
And by faith we walk, not by sight, not by feelings. It's not what we hear, it's not what we see, it's not what we feel. It's the Word of God and it's faith in Him and knowing that God's plan is a good plan. And so we hold on and persevere even though it feels like we're not getting anywhere. We feel like we're not getting breakthrough because we cannot see what's happening in the heavenly realm. But we trust our God and our God is good and we know that He's going to bring to pass His good and perfect plan as we persevere. So be persistent in your prayer. Keep at it, even when you don't see the answer. Then the second aspect of it is praying with passion. Do you know what? When you talk to someone who's really passionate about something, it becomes infectious. When you talk to someone who really loves Jesus, there is something about them in their life and that passion is infectious. And I really believe that because Christ died for us, that we should have a passion for God because he sent his only son to die just for us and not take it for granted. And every day I get up and say, thank you, Jesus, that you're mine and I'm yours. Thank you, Jesus, that you got me up today. Thank you, Jesus, that I've got the breath of life today to walk in you. And thank you, Jesus, that you're going to lead me this day the way you want me to walk. We, we sometimes default to the negative feeling rotten and you've got to really understand and appreciate I'm not minimising feeling rotten because I do rotten really well. (laughs) But when we feel bad, bring it to the Lord and say, Lord God, I don't feel good. I'm struggling. But you're good. You're strong. You're able. You're going to lead me in triumph today. You're going to show me the way today. You're going to bring me through the breakthrough that I need today. I look to you. I don't look to how I feel. I give that to you. And then just wait on him, listen to him, and wait and respond as as he pours that love upon you for whatever it is that you're walking through. So that passion, it stands to reason that if you've got that passion for Jesus and you are persistent in prayer, that you are going to be vigilant in watching for the things that you need to be mindful of. Paul says we should be vigilant and we should be watchful. And you know, I think about Jesus. He's our example in all things. Paul was an incredible apostle, but there is no example like our Lord and Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was passionate about his prayer life and it was something that he was always doing. He would go out and he would pray all night. S.D. Gordon, in his book, Quiet Talks on Prayer, we've got lots of old books in our library at home and there's some absolute gems we can find in them but Mr Gordon said how much prayer meant to Jesus it was not only his regular habit but his resort in every emergency however slight or serious when perplexed he prayed when hard pressed by work he prayed when hungry for fellowship he found it in prayer he chose his associates and received his messages upon his knees. If tempted, he prayed. If criticised, he prayed. If fatigued in body or wearied in spirit, he had recourse to his one unfailing habit of prayer. Prayer brought him unmeasured power at the beginning and kept the flow unbroken and undiminished. There was no emergency no difficulty, no necessity, no temptation that would not yield to prayer. And every time we see through the New Testament Jesus praying, he prays with passion. He wept as he prayed. He wept as he prayed. 
And that passion that comes through is so incredible. It really is. And I think that's such an example for us. Does this speak to us today? Yes, absolutely. It speaks to me daily. And sometimes I think, you know, we need a, I need a reminder. Come back to your first love. Come back to that passion of loving him more. The, the moment that you received him as Lord and Saviour. And if you haven't done that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that before we finish today. So Jesus, Luke 3.1, at his baptism, he was praying that the heaven was opened. So passionate prayer is going to open the heaven above you. In Luke 6.12, before he called his disciples, he spent the whole night in prayer. Passionate prayer gives direction. In Luke 9.29, at his transfiguration, while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different and his clothing became white and gleaming. Passionate prayer enables us to experience the glory of God, that incredible sense of God's presence with us. That's not religion. That's relationship with him. And in John 17, the high priestly prayer that he prayed, it impacts the life of others. John 17 is an incredible passage of scripture. In Matthew 26, 39, in the Garden of Gethsemane, it's only through that passionate prayer that we can pour our hearts out to God. And Jesus set the example, what he was about to face. And yet he went to his father, knowing what he was going to go through. And in Luke 24, 23, 23, 24, as he hung on that cross... He hung on that cross and that life that had been lived in passionate prayer. That example that we can take hold of that, knowing that it will enable us to maintain that spirit of servant heart and love for God no matter what's happening in our lives in the most difficult of circumstances. So prayer from the heart. That's what passionate prayer is. It's prayer from the heart, not just from the head. It's not just rote. It's not just rhyme. We say the Our Father, and that's a beautiful example of how to pray in Matthew 6. And yet if we say just that and don't expand on it, that can become pattern as well. But God wants to hear from our hearts. He wants us to reach out to him from the very depth of our being, from the very fibre of our being. Pray with thankfulness. Praise as we pray. Psalm 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Into his gates speaks of coming into the presence of God. And when we pray, we're coming into the presence of God. Enter into those gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Enter into his courts with praise, thanking him, praising him. And you might feel like you don't have a lot to thank him for, but you're alive and you've got a day and you've got hope and there's an opportunity to serve him to all the extent that you're able today as you reach into with that grateful and thankful heart. Ephesians 5.20 tells us that thanksgiving is a natural result of being filled with and walking under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 4.6 tells us to be anxious for nothing. Who suffers with anxiety at times? Don't show me. When you suffer with anxiety or you feel depressed, the word says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. 
because it's taking captive those thoughts and bringing those thoughts in obedience to Christ. Sometimes we can feel so pushed into a corner we can't see our way out. You heard the saying, you're between a rock and a hard place. That means you're wedged in and you know what needs to happen and nothing's happening and yet you can stand there in that place and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, you've got me wedged firmly. Thank you, God, that no matter what I can see around me, you're going to work through my prayers and petitions today. Thank you, God, that your timing is perfect. A grateful and a thankful praying person and a praising person is going to have a far better attitude to life and a far more fulfilling life because we choose to exalt Jesus in our life, because we choose to... Follow the example he set as a servant and the servant heart. So when we, when we look around us, sometimes we can be so, not you, you're, you're wonderful. Sometimes when I look around me, I can see everything that's wrong with me and everything that I need to change in my life. And yet when I look outwards, it's not the insular look because I let God do the changing of me as he wants to. But when I look around, what can I do to be a help for someone? How can I be an answer to someone's prayer? How can I facilitate helping this person? And it's that outward looking as, as you talk to God and he'll show you what it is that he requires of you at any given time to do that. And we do need to search our own hearts. We do need to look inside to see what's happening in our hearts and our attitudes. And uh, I think it's Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit within me. So then we need to pray with purpose. I've got lots of P's today, haven't I? And praying with purpose is for God's plan, for him to do the things that he wants to do in us and through us because sometimes our plans are not God's plans. Sometimes the way we want to sort things out is not the way God wants to do it. So it's, it's interceding. It's praying on behalf of other people. It's praying according to the will of God. It's praying with the God purpose in mind. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's praying for that family situation. Lord God, pour your spirit out upon that family. Bring them to a place of their knees. Bring them to a place of salvation. Bring them to a place where their desperation and their discouragement and their discontent is replaced with your hope and your life and your contentment and your peace. And that is so available as we pray and we intercede with God's purpose for others as well. And as we go about Father's business, he goes about ours. It's incredible how that happens. It's looking outwards. It's not navel-gazing, I like to call it. It's looking around our our lives, our world and the people that we love and the people that we want to love and saying, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to pray for this person? How can I pray for this person? How can breakthrough come in this way? So intercessory prayers, they also characterise the life of Jesus. And you know, in Isaiah 53, the Bible says, He bore on himself the sins of many. And he interceded for the transgressors. That's Jesus. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for all of us, every single one of us. The believers, the not yet believers. There's only two categories of people in the world, believers and not yet believers. 
In John 14, 15, Jesus interceded for us, asking the Father to send the Holy Spirit for us. I'm going to run out of time today, so I might cut short in a little while. And then John 17, that beautiful prayer from verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be the one just as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Amazing. John thirteen thirty five. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You see, church is community. Family and God is community. Living in a community like Murray Bridge, we're community. We are here at the right place at the right time to serve God with all our hearts and souls and we're not going to do it unless we're given over to what God wants to do in us first. So, do you know, I think about in understanding the power of prayer. Paul wanted us to know that there are specific purposes that we need to pray for, but that as we do that, he gives us the door, an open door of opportunity to speak that life and the gospel of Jesus. That that door would be open, that we could not just be the hands and feet in this community to Jesus, but to speak life, to love on people, to speak the gospel, that there is a God in heaven and he sent his son Jesus to die for each one of us and that in receiving Jesus as Saviour and Lord, we can have eternal life. But I wonder sometimes how many of our prayers are not kingdom-focused but not kingdom-focused. And sometimes I think it takes a shake-up in our lives for us to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord Jesus, have your way in me and through me. Prayer can change the course of history. Prayer can do all things. Prayer can be miraculous. And we're believing that in these days that we're living in, we're going to see signs and wonders following the preaching of the word. We're going to see a move of the spirit. We're going to see people healed. We're going to see people saved. The not yet believers becoming believers. But do you know what? It's so personal. Your relationship with Jesus, when you go to bed at night, whether you're married or not, whether you're alone or not, even when you've got a house full of kids and people and dogs and cats, when you go to sleep at night, it's just you and Jesus. It's just you and him. And that intimacy where you can say, Lord, thank you for today. Lord, I messed up here, forgive me. Lord, thank you for that appointment with that person. Thank you for that divine appointment where I was able to speak into someone's life. Lord, it is just you and me. At the end of the day, it's you and it's Jesus. But God adds so much more to our lives as well. The relationships we have with people and that's incredible too.
Don't see prayer as a burden. See it as a joy. See it as a key. See it as coming into that incredible intimacy with the Father in heaven who knit you together in your mother's womb because you're fearfully and wondrously made and he has a perfect plan for your life. So what happens when we pray? Just quickly, five things. It internalises the burden. It takes our ownership of our world and the things that are happening into the inside of our souls and our partnership with God. Prayer will internalise that burden. It becomes personal for us. And it might evolve in different ways as we continue to pray. Prayer forces us to wait. Prayer is part of waiting on God and his will and his way. God has three answers to prayer, always. It's yes, it's no, or it's later. And the later means that we wait. There are only three answers in God when we ask for something. So there's a tension between waiting and, and between presuming in God. So as we wait on him, the Bible says in Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and they'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and will not faint. As we wait upon him, we learn patience. Who loves to learn patience? No. No. <laughs> Because when we say, Lord, give me patience, it means that we've got to wait. There's a wait coming. But God works through that. And as we wait upon God, he gives us the strength. And we mount up on those wings as eagles. And when the eagles fly, they flap till they get onto a thermal current. And then they spread their wings and they soar. And they don't have to expend any more energy. That's what I want to be. I want to be able to soar on wings as an eagle and wait on God so that I'm not doing it in my strength but in his. Is that your prayer today? Yeah. God says that uh, those who wait on him will renew their strength, which means that we've had the strength but it's gone and it needs to be replenished. So as we wait, he'll refresh us. And also, it, the other thing that happens is it, it helps us get in touch with what God's doing and how he's doing it. He it opens our spiritual eyes. Prayer can open the spiritual eyes to see that the things that we're seeing are not actually what's going on. He gives us discernment as we pray as well. There's a scripture in 2 Kings 6 where the army of Israel was surrounded by their enemies and Elijah's servants got nervous. And verses 15 to 17 say, When the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army of horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, there's a spiritual realm that we are not aware of. And yet when we pray, God can show us that there's an army, a host of heaven that is fighting for us as we go through those things. And so that's, that's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Our spiritual eyes being opened. It aligns our heart with God's heart. We're praying God's purpose, God's plan, according to his word. Lord, let it be. He adjusts us and aligns us and sets our thoughts and emotions and our actions 
in line with what he wants to do. Prayer positions us to move forward. It gets us in the get ready position. It gets us in that place where we're engaging with God and ready to move as God says, now do this, a little to the right, a little to the left. Stop, run, sit. So that positioning ourselves in God is so powerful. So in closing today, I just want to say, you don't have to be eloquent to pray. You don't have to know the word to pray. You just have to reach out to God your Father and say, Lord, I need stuff. Lord, I'm troubled. Lord, I'm struggling. And then wait and listen. As he enfolds you in his love, maybe drops a thought or an idea into your head, maybe brings you a scripture that you need to make a signature scripture for the season that you're in. In waiting on God, we're persistent. And as we persevere in ministering, in prayer, God's going to show us the things that we need for now. So don't give up. Don't get tired of waiting. Don't feel like because your prayers haven't been answered that you're not praying right. Wait upon the Lord. And as you wait, if you need to be redirected, he'll redirect you and show you where you need to go, what you need to do, how you need to adjust, how you need to align. So let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that, Lord, as we have come around this time of intimacy with you through the word, through our worship this morning, through communion and through your word. Father, I thank you that you will minister to every person right at their point of need today. That you will show them, each one, Lord God, what you would like them to do, Father, what the next step is in moving forward. Father God, if it's persistence, then then you would lay in their hearts the, the capacity to persist and not give up, never give up, not growing weary, for that passion to come, Father God, that you would show them how you want them to move forward, Lord God. Lord, a fresh revelation of the, of the finished work of the cross of Christ, knowing that you went through hell for us, Lord God, so that we could have life and have life more abundantly. Father, renew that right spirit within us, Lord God. Give us grateful hearts and thankful hearts and hearts full of praise for you as we forward move, Lord God, into the purpose that you have for each and every one of us today. And Father God, I pray if there be any in this house or any online today who don't know you as Saviour and Lord, that they would reach out to you now. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that those that were here that want to receive Jesus and Saviour and Lord would say now, Lord, forgive me. Lord, wash me and cleanse me. Lord, I ask you to take my life, all that I have been, all that I am, and all that I'm going to be. I give my life to you. I ask you to be Lord of my life, that I can serve you with all of my being. I ask you, Father God, to help me begin this relationship or renew a relationship where I've been away from you, Lord God. Lord, renew that right spirit within me. God, restore to me the joy of my salvation where I've been away from you.
And I give my life afresh to you today to walk in you all the days of my life. I commit myself into your hands in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. Or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 